Zach, back here with another episode of Clutch Career Sports. As you can see on YouTube, my bio screen has been updated after my latest Jeopardy win. You guys can catch that in the last episode that we put up. I, of course, won that Sports Jeopardy game, and now I'm celebrating it. I crowned myself at the end of the game. I've got Connor's trophy here. I'm pointing to it in my picture. Things are looking good. This is going to be another great awesome top 10 video this will be our second top 10 uh episode and i'm looking forward to continuing my success with my list now let me introduce you to the rest of the crew what's up y'all it's your boy eric here your ranting co-host i'm glad to be here and be in my first top 10 episode let's do this What's going on, everybody? I'm Connor. You know me as the co-host with the most. And I'm not dying of coronavirus, but I am dying from pollen allergies. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, guys? It's Nate here. This week, I got a little bit easier job. Uh, I'm not pressing the buttons and answering questions. I get to talk about uh, some top tens here, so that'll be a little bit more No multitasking for him. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Yeah, so like I alluded to, this is going to be our second top 10 episode. First one that Eric's been a part of, uh, so it's going to be fun to do it with all of you guys in this one. And the topics that we are going to do today, we're going to keep the three-topic format from the last episode. Our first one is going to be about greatest NBA players never to have won a ring. The second one is going to be our favorite movies from the years 2014 to now. And then the final one is going to be the biggest NFL draft bus in NFL history. So those are going to be the three topics we discuss. However, we do have a little little special topic here requested to us from Twitch, from one of our Twitch followers, SB. He wanted us to talk about the banning of buffets. So I'll say a few words about this, then I'll let Eric say a few words about it. And if anyone else wants to talk about it, feel free to. But he did redeem this on Twitch. He's been a loyal uh, loyal viewer on our Twitch platform, Clutch Crew Sports, and he redeemed a podcast topic. So we're gonna we're gonna play it now. He actually did this a little while back, but it wasn't uh, a real thing when he did it. Now it is. So we're bringing it back now. Uh, so yeah, the banning of buffets, guys. I mean, it's just another thing about everything that's being banned or shut down or temporarily closed or whatnot. Um, obviously. I don't really go to a whole lot of buffets. I mean, I guess you could say like campus dining is like a buffet because you can just eat whatever you want. But um, it's interesting. It's not really going to impact me that much. I will say I did go to like the they're not technically I don't know if they're called buffets or not. But the USF, one of their uh, meal places where you like swipe your meal pass and stuff. They normally have like tons of stuff going on. I went there when I cleaned out my apartment and there was, it was completely different because they just had like boxes. So you would ask for some food, then they'd put it in a box and then you could get like a soda and, and leave. They didn't let anybody sit in there or anything. So uh, I'm not sure how buffets are adapting to that necessarily, but I don't really know. This is kind of a dry topic in my opinion, but <laughs> Eric, if you want to say anything about this, yeah, I mean, I guess the only thing I can really think of to add to this is I'm kind of surprised that this wasn't happening happening earlier because many 
just regular dine-in restaurants that aren't buffet style, but just where you go in and sit down and order, like, like especially the restaurant I work at, for example, they had already prevented people from dining in. And so pretty much every place is either now shut down or going to either call in or to go orders only or drive throughs or whatever. So the fact that it was this long before some buffets started getting banned is really surprising to me, seeing as how you have to like walk up and grab the same stuff that other people touched. I mean, I'm personally a little, I used to love buffets when I was younger, but now I'm a little more grossed out by them. So I don't really go to them anyway anymore, but uh, yeah, I guess I can't, Sorry, SB, I don't really have too much else to add. <laughs> but you, you did call that this was going to happen, so I'll, I'll, I'll give them the credit where the credit is due there. And uh, SB is your favorite Western guy here. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, well, that's that's enough for the buffet talk. You got your podcast redeemed, SB. Uh, let us know if you've got another one, maybe something more interesting. But we'll. Uh, <laughs> Maybe we start, yeah, no, I, I let this one go because he's been persistent about it, but we will start screening these because if they're, you know, stuff like this, we might not let them in in the future. Preferably sport and, topics. You know, you know remember yes. to, and remember to stop using all caps on Twitch so you don't get banned. <laughs> our nightbot our, doesn't like that. Yeah, so our first topic, our, for, our first sports topic, best NBA players to never win a ring. Our first slide of players is made by none other than Connor. So, Connor, I'll let you take the stage here on these these 10 players. All right. Well, I will say um, I did make a last-minute change. So, if you go out of the slideshow, you might want to go back in because I switched two players around. Oh. Um, I'll so, try to Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, there you go. Now you can see it. <clears throat> it's right there. But, yeah, so best enemy players to never win a ring – for number one, it was like, honestly, I will say that between Carl Malone and Elgin Baylor, for me, it's like, it's pretty much a virtual tie. I couldn't really decide who deserved it more between Carl Malone and Elgin Baylor. I mean, if you look at their stats, Malone, I think Elgin Baylor, he does better in the points per game, assists per game, rebounds per game. But obviously Carl Malone has the all-time stats. I mean, he's second all-time in points scored. I think he's about 3,000 rebounds ahead of Elgin Baylor. And I think also one of the other things that I equate Carl Malone to being better, I know Elgin Baylor went to a lot more finals, but I think the era of competition when Carl Malone was playing was a lot better, whereas when Elgin Baylor was playing, it was pretty much just the Celtics and nobody else. I mean, the Lakers were able to cruise through the Western Conference with Baylor and Jerry West on the team. So I think the level of competition, also Carl Malone was the NBA MVP twice, and Elgin Baylor never won the MVP, also in part due to the Celtics, why he could never win a ring, because they could never get past the Celtics, but... I decided I would put Carl Malone first and then Elgin Baylor second, but like I said, it's pretty much a dead heat. You could go either way with that one. I put Charles Barkley at number three. Um, I mean, he's an 11-time All-Star. He instantly made every team that, you know, when he was on the 76ers. It was I was really surprised he didn't win a ring with that team when he was playing with Moses Malone and Julius Irving, but... You know, Moses Malone got traded and then Julius Irving retired and Barkley couldn't carry the team to a championship. Then he went to the Phoenix Suns. The team instantly became better when he got on the team. I mean, 
it's I know Shaq always likes to make fun of Charles Barkley for never winning a ring, but Barkley was one of the most dominant players. And he was also the best player on that 1992 dream team, which included some of the guys on this list. Carl Malone, John Stockton, Patrick Ewing, they were all on that dream team and Barkley was the leading scorer on it. So um, I decided to put Charles Barkley third. Patrick Ewing, I put at number four. I know Patrick Ewing came oh so close to winning an NBA championship uh, back in the 90s, but if it wasn't for Hakeem Olajuwon and the Houston Rockets, he could never get past them. Um, so Patrick Ewing did ne- never got a ring, but I put him fourth. He was probably, like aside from Olajuwon, he was probably the best big man in the game at the time because this was um, after Kareem Abdul-Jabbar retired. So Patrick Ewing kind of took over and Olajuwon took over that role. I put Stockton fifth. If I could have, I would have paired Malone and Stockton together because, I mean, they were both in those two finals against the Bulls. They were they played together for some, like, 18 seasons or something. I think it was only in the very, like, last two years of Malone's career where he didn't play with Stockton. But And I think one thing that gets overlooked about Stockton, too, is that obviously they all talk about all-time leader in assists, all-time leader in steals, but people forget that he still averaged around 13.5 points a game. So he averaged a double-double throughout his career. So he wasn't just, you know, a passing point guard or a defensive point guard. He could score, too, and he was a clutch three-point shooter. So I've got Iverson down at number six. Now, I think, think about Allen Iverson for me, why put him lower? Because I'm sure I know Zach has him higher on this list. I don't know about Eric and Nate, but um, I guess I never really thought of him as like the best player at the time. Like he was obviously a dominant player, but I feel like he was overshadowed by a lot of players during his time playing in the league. He was never the best. So, and I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Sixers never went to an NBA finals under him. Um, they did. Did they go? Yeah, they, they, lost they were Kobe. against the Lakers. Yeah, okay. they lost Kobe it was that. super early in his career, yeah. But that was the thing about, because, like, you know, with Malone and Stockton, I mean, obviously Michael Jordan was playing along with Malone, but Malone was pretty much, like, one of the most dominant players in the late 90s. Like, you, when you thought of the best player in the NBA, it was Carl Malone. Um, and, you know, back when Jerry, other than the Celtics, you know, Elgin Baylor was the face, or Charles Barkley was the best player. So I thought Iverson was always overshadowed by all those other guys or by other guys playing like Kobe and Shaq. And when LeBron started to come into the league and also for Iverson, obviously later in his career, he wasn't as dominant, but that's kind of the same way with everybody. So um, I'm going to get to that later when I talk about Vince Carter, but I've got Iverson number six, then I've got Steve Nash at number seven. I mean, I don't know how Steve Nash didn't win an NBA championship. I mean, two straight MVP awards, and obviously when that Suns team that he was on with Amari Stoudemire and Sean Marion was ridiculously good. So I don't know how Steve Nash never won an NBA championship, but um, I can't put him higher than the other guys. He'll probably be, I mean, I'm sure he'll be a Hall of Famer one day. I put Dominique Wilkins at number eight. I had a hard time deciding like eight and nine. I knew who my number 10 was going to be, but eight and nine was kind of difficult to decide. But I decided to go with Dominique Wilkins. I mean, nine all-star games. or It was either eight or nine. I can't remember. And then, you know, he took the Hawks to – it was one, another – he was – him and Reggie Miller. I guess I'll pair them together. Reggie Miller at number nine. You know, they just – they had teams during their era that they could never get past, unfortunately. I mean, the Michael Jordan Bulls, the – and then later on with the Lakers with Shaq and Kobe – you know, they were they were just some member of un, unfortunate circumstances. Reggie Miller was a great scorer. I mean, he led the 
he held the record for the most three-pointers in NBA history until Ray Allen came along. And, I mean, the Pacers wouldn't have been the same without him. Same with the Hawks. They wouldn't have been the same without Dominique Wilkins. This is another reason why I'm going to leave. I'm going to talk about Vince Carter and why I'm going to leave him off the list. But um, cause I've got Chris Paul at number 10 here. I know all the t- all of the three of you between Zach, Eric, and Nate all put Vince Carter on the list. The reason why I didn't put Vince Carter on the list is that other than his days with the Raptors, I never felt like he was really that dominant of a player. Because, I mean, when you talk about teams that Chris Paul was on, it's like you always had to talk about Chris Paul. Like, Chris Paul is, you know, one of the guys we have to guard. Whereas, other than kind of after his time with the Nets, you know, he's been in the league, and he's still in the league playing at 42. It's crazy (laughs) how long Vince Carter's been around. But, you know, kind of after those first few years with the Nets in, like, the mid-2000s, I feel like Vince Carter was never the same after that. He was, he you know, didn't play at an all-star level. He just didn't keep it up for as long, whereas Chris Paul, even at age 34, I mean, I know Eric wasn't, you know, too happy with him coming to the Thunder, but Chris Paul's one of the reasons why the Thunder were having the success that they were having. So I think that just the fact that Chris Paul was able to keep it up longer than Vince Carter was, I mean, certainly when Vince Carter was in Toronto and, those years with the Nets, he was great. But, you know, those years when he played with the Magic and then, you know, moving around to, from team to team, he just wasn't the same player. So I decided to put Chris Paul on the list. And unfortunately, I mean, who knows if Chris Paul ended up with a ring? Obviously, he's the only player on this list who's still playing. So he's still got a chance. But um, we'll see. I don't know. Maybe for hopefully for his sake, he'll be off the list in the future. <laughs> <laughs> and Eric's, too. <laughs> All right. Yeah, and Eric's because he wants the Thunder to win that title. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know now, I do. <laughs> now we are going to feature Nate's list. So, Nate, tell us about your top 10. I think Nate is not in the call anymore. Oh, Nate's not in the call. All right, oh, we'll no, skip he is. Nate. Oh. It says, it says all four of us are still in here. Okay. All, all well, yeah. since just go, just go ahead, Zach. Yeah. All right, so I've got my top 10 here on YouTube. And number one, I did go with Elgin Baylor for number one. Really, when I'm comparing him to Malone, I'm just going to give the edge to Baylor because Malone had such a great teammate in Stockton here. And the two of them. I'm just saying. (laughs) Yeah, but Stockton (laughs) is the career leader in assists. I mean, he literally fed Carl Malone the points. I'm not taking it away from his greatness or anything, but. He did benefit a lot. A lot of the statistics he have are a result of Stockton. If Stockton wasn't there, we don't know how much, you know, I believe he'd still be really good, but probably his stats wouldn't look as good without Stockton. So that's why I'm putting Baylor at number one. But Malone will go to number two after that. And then I've got Ewing at three all time. He's a he's a really great player, I think. I don't know too much about him, really. I was... And the reason I've got him at three is because I actually did think he, I thought he did win a championship. So I was, I actually thought he had won a, won a ring. I know this doesn't mean anything, but still, when I thought you it was, I think it was, I had, a to, I had to bring it up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I mentioned Patrick Ewing, and you were like, really? Patrick Ewing never won? I exactly. Like, yeah, I guess not. <laughs> Whereas somebody like Barkley, I knew Barkley hadn't won a ring. So that's why. Well, yeah, because Shaq, yeah. Shaq always makes fun of him for it. <laughs> yeah, so not not the greatest, like, I'm not going really off stats, just more off of my personal, what I thought had happened. And then I've got Iverson at four. He did win an MVP one season, and he 
statistics. He put up a lot of points. He put up a lot of stats. And he did bring his team close to a championship a couple of times. And he was kind of overshadowed in that era, but still one of the best players of all time. And then I've got Stockton at five, like you did, Connor. Just, I mean, he's good. He's he's really good. He, you know, they should have won a ring somewhere in the, the Jordan era. But um, unfortunately, since he did have Malone, that's why I did bump him a little bit on this list. But yeah, if they were paired, they'd definitely be number one. Um, then I've got Barkley down at six. He's got a lot of stats and everything. But the problem with Barkley and the reason I've got him down lower than you, Connor, is just because... He's not really synonymous with one team, whereas all the guys before him were specifically with one team. And I feel like that sort of a that sort of matters because if you you know, he, he did bounce around from a couple more teams than the other players did. And I feel like it's partly, you know, I, it just doesn't feel right to have somebody who play a longer career with one team. That's more, they should deserve a ring more so than a player like bouncing around from team to team and stuff. Um, I've got Harden down at seven, and I don't remember all the stats because nobody put Harden up, but it's kind of incredible what he's got, actually. So he actually has one MVP, obviously, a couple years ago, but he's been in the MVP, he's been like second in the MVP discussion the past couple of seasons. And comparing him to Reggie Miller... Eight to five on their all-star game appearances. And keep in mind, his career is still going, too. But And then this is another thing that was kind of surprising. Five first-team All-NBAs, whereas Reggie Miller never had a All-NBA. He's been a points a season leader in points. He's got a lot, a lot of stats and a lot of first teams, a lot of second teams. He's been to a finals. He was sixth man of the year. A lot of awards and a lot of different stats that he's leading in. Uh, so that's why I have him above Reggie Miller. I've got Nash, obviously, you know, great, great assist uh, player, great team teammate and everything, and he should have probably won a ring with Phoenix. I've got him at seven, or no, I mean eight. Then I've got Dwight Howard at nine, and nobody else has Dwight on their list either, but he was really, really dominant when he played, and he did take a Orlando team to a finals Another time they went to the Eastern Conference Finals. So about a decade ago, he was a dominant player. And I've got another comparison to him, to uh, Matumbo, who somebody's got on their list. Uh, and basic, and the Defensive Player of the Year's uh, Howard is losing 4-3. to three, But first, all defensive first team, Howard is winning 4-3. to three, So that means... There was a year when Matumbo won Defensive Player of the Year, but he didn't even make All-Defensive First Team, which I thought that's kind of weird if you don't make the All-Defensive First Team but win the Defensive Player of the Year. And 5-0, to zero, First Team All-NBA. So for five years, Howard was the premier center in the league, and he had a bunch more second and third teams, as did Matumbo. But still, for five straight years, he was the center of the league, the best center in the league. And he could have benefited from some some more help, but he still kept his career going. It hasn't been great, but still that stretch was really dominant. And then I've got Carter down at 10th, and really Carter's just a longevity award. The fact that he's played in like 22 straight seasons or something like that and still going, it's crazy. He obviously has bounced around from team to team and everything, but he was he was really good at one point battling Iverson 
long time ago and the fact that he's still around I, it's it's why i'm giving him respect to be 10th on this list uh nate are you with us yes okay all right try and do oh, your list back. here yeah <laughs> all, all right, right nate yeah, try and try and do your list as best you can all right so at number one number one and two i'm kind of getting consensus here that um i've got carl malone one and elgin baylor two um, kind of go both ways on these, but I'm with Connor here. I gave Malone uh, the benefit of playing in a more competitive era against guys like, you know, Jordan. And, you know, it was, it was tougher to play in the 90s than obviously it was um, in the, you know, 50s and 60s. So I gave uh, Malone the edge. Obviously, Baylor is still um, a legend in his own right. And then third, I've got Charles Barkley as well. Um pretty much I mean he's another one of the really great players of all time and I mean for him to not ruin uh, sorry for him to not have a ring is pretty surprising to me um as well I mean we kind of all touched on that one as well um fourth I've got Allen Iverson uh, I put him a little bit higher than the other guys but I do feel like he's a guy that deserved a ring um not that, not that anyone else on this list didn't but like I definitely feel like um he's someone that probably could have won a ring on uh, a different situation there. Um, so I put him at fourth. Um, fifth, I've got Stockton. Uh, same thing. Him and Malone kind of, um, you know, who knows how good the other would have been if they didn't have each other. But I think, obviously, going off the stats, he's one of the best point guards uh, of all time, and he definitely deserved to win a ring as well. Um, number six, I've got Patrick Ewing. Um, pretty much already touched on this. Like, he's just like back in the 90s like he should have had one we but... all thought he won a ring it's like the yeah that's, um that's yeah. What, like... what's that what's that theory where like uh the mandela effect yeah. or something like that that's what i have with him. <laughs> yeah. i came in yeah. to do my slides thought... and i saw his picture on um you and connor's <laughs> and i was like that's not right <laughs> i, I could have sworn he had one too but uh, the one player we all thought had one yeah, yeah. <laughs> So definitely he's got to be there. Um, seventh, I got Steve Nash, who, you know, watching him play kind of more at the tail end of his career is when I really, like, started watching. But, um, you know, just watching the way he played the point guard position was so good. And one of the best, like, I think fundamental kind of point mm-hmm. guards, like, past <laughs> guards we've seen. And he definitely, you know, I wish he would have gotten one. They obviously thought he was going to have a shot when he went to the Lakers that year. And that, you know, really bad Sports Illustrated covering, you look back at it with him and Dwight, and then oh, yeah. that just totally like, <laughs> fell apart. <laughs> yeah, that was... I remember. I remember in the Sports Illustrated for kids that time, they were like all wearing superhero outfits, like him with uh, yeah. Dwight and Pau Gasol and Meta World Peace and Kobe, and they all thought they were gonna win. <laughs> yeah, so he he had his chance there, but couldn't make it happen. Um, and then number eight, I've got uh, Dominique Wilkins. Um, it's another guy. I think it's kind of like. People kind of forget about him, I feel like, when you talk about, like, modern conversation, like, best players. It's not like he's in, like, the LeBron and Jordan, like, best players of all time kind of discussion. He's definitely one of the legends um, of the game. And some of his highlights, you know, his dunking and all that stuff is just crazy to look back on even nowadays, the stuff he was able to do. So um, I want to give him some credit and put him at eighth. And then ninth, I put Vince Carter for a similar reason uh, to Zach, just, like, he was really great in his prime, and he didn't have, like, the dominance, I guess. Like, he didn't carry a team or anything like that, 
like some of the other guys did, but just be able to do, you know, come in and be a solid contributor at least at the very minimum for, you know, however many years. It's got to be like 20 plus mm-hmm. years now of being in the NBA. Is, is, that, is that what Zach said? Like 22 straight seasons? I think it's played. 22. I think, yeah, I could be wrong, yeah. but I think it's 22. He's hey man, who knows? Maybe, so. maybe, maybe Trey Young can bring him a ring with the Hawks. Who knows? Hey, not this year. No. no. <laughs> sorry. No. no. <laughs> um, and then tenth, I got Grant Hill. Um, that's Reggie Miller, bro. Oh shoot! Sorry, yeah, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> Golly, I'm. I mean, that's that's why yeah. I, mean, I knew it was Reggie Miller. The slides, I was like looked at it really quick and got confused. But same same thing. Um, one of the greatest <laughs> shooters ever. Like before, like even Ray Allen. Like that's the guy who people thought was the greatest shooter, and then Ray came in, and then Steph's kind of coming in now. But definitely a guy who needs more credit. I went back and forth between him and uh, Chris Paul and Dwight, but. I gave the edge to um, Reggie just because, like, not that it totally makes a difference, but I do think that Chris Paul and Dwight Howard legitimately have a shot to get themselves off this list in the next couple seasons. Like, Dwight could definitely win one if he stays with the Lakers. He's definitely, like, in the running for one. And then uh, Chris Paul, like, if it's not with um, the Thunder, he could easily go somewhere else and you know for one or two seasons and link up with like lebron or somebody and get himself a ring so i think they can get themselves off the list pretty soon okay possibly mm-hmm. we'll go over to eric now to complete our list eric what else do you have to add the, to this and then share the, your list. the, the nba guy <laughs> before i before i start i will say nate i really hope you didn't speak chris paul teaming up with lebron into existence let's please <laughs> please not let that happen so yeah. lebron yeah OKC, I mean, Eric. There's, there's not there's not too much else i can add because i mean obviously we have a lot of the same guys my list is actually pretty identical to nate's but i just put i put uh i put baylor at number one just because the amount of stats that he was producing in his time i know obviously his time that he was in the league it was there weren't as many teams the competition definitely wasn't as good but still to put up the numbers that he produced that time and to not win it win a ring is just crazy to me and so that's why I put him at number one those darn then, Celtics <laughs> yeah the, damn you but anyway uh and then where like Connor had his kind of split between Elgin Baylor and Malone between one and two that I kind of had my split between Barkley and Malone for number two and three. I think both of these guys were very dominant big men of their time, both power forwards. And I was, I really was shocked the year when Barkley won the MVP for the Suns that they did, even though they were going against MJ, I was surprised looking back on that finals run that they were not able to win the championship that year. I, Thought, and like Connor mentioned too, with the good teams he had on the 76ers, it really is great. Like for y'all saying like it was Patrick Ewing that y'all thought like didn't have a ring. Like obviously I know Charles doesn't because of Shaq making fun of him all the time. But like if it weren't <laughs> for that, if it weren't for that, like you would have thought for sure that Barkley would have had a ring. It's just crazy to me. And then same with Carl Malone and John Stockton as a duo together. The fact that they never won a ring is shocking. And then I put Allen Iverson at four. Uh, I may. 
mainly the reason why I put him there was just because I really feel like compared to a lot of these other players on here, he's one of the few that really just did not have that like all-star caliber teammate or, you know, really, really, he never had like a good duo or anything. It seemed like he was having to do it all by himself. And probably one of my favorite NBA games that I've ever watched was when they did get their one win against the Lakers in the NBA finals. I mean, he just took over that game and dominated and even going against Kobe and Shaq, like the fact that the Sixers won even won a game in that series was pretty shocking and unbelievable. So what are you I, talking about, Eric? Eric Snow and Raja <laughs> Bell and Speedy Claxton are great teammates. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> Who? Okay. Anyway, uh, and then so John Stockton has already mentioned with Carl Malone. I mean, what pro- easily the greatest duo. To, if we were doing like greatest duos to never win a championship, for sure they would be number one. And then I am in agreement, obviously, with you guys about Patrick Ewing. I wasn't. Like I knew that he hadn't won one, so I was I didn't have that same effect that you guys had, but obviously I got to rank him high. He was a multi-time All-Star, I mean multiple award winner. You know he's one of the best centers, and I'm in agreement with Connor on the Steve Nash thing. I mean when he had that teammate, you know, or the team with Amari Stoudemire and Sean Marion, I I guess you can blame Kobe. I mean, obviously, all these guys, there's somebody that you can blame for why they didn't. Get MJ them. or Kobe or Shaq. Either, yeah, yeah, or Bill Russell. I mean, it, yeah, like a lot, of, a lot of these guys. But Dominique Wilkins, I just, he's a freak athlete. Just his dunking ability is unparalleled. But obviously, that wasn't the only thing he could do. But he's a lot of fun to watch. I mean, he was – I wasn't really watching basketball at that time. I was, like, really little, so I didn't – really see him much but just looking back on old stuff from him like pretty amazing Reggie Miller I always enjoyed watching him shooting three-pointers I get I'm not as surprised that he didn't win one compared to some of these other guys that's why I've got him ranked lower I kind of debated on putting him in there but I decided to put him at number nine and then lastly with Vince Carter I'm kind of in the similar thing with Zach here it's more of a longevity thing just the fact, I mean, he's obviously been a great player for a lot of his career, but to be in the league for 20 plus seasons and to not have won one ring is just crazy. But so that, uh, that rounds out my top 10 list. Yeah. All right, guys. That will end our, I don't know why I did that, but it'll end our discussion <laughs> on the NBA players. Now we're going to move into movies. So a movie talk here. Keep in mind, though, these are movies from 2014 and 20 preferences, not based on like how much money they made at the theaters and stuff, just personal preferences. Uh, Nate, you suggested this topic, so I'll let you start it off. Talk about your your top ten, a little bit about each one. All right, yes. Yeah, just a, a topic that I'm a little bit more well versed in than uh, some of the NBA stuff, so I think um, definitely got some stuff I'd like to share with you guys here. So. Um, like Zach said, we, we narrowed it down to 2014 to 2020, just so it's like a little bit more than just like movies in the last year and a little bit, um, less than like last decade. So it's kind of more narrowed down and, um, kind of easier to, um, kind of choose between movies. So, uh, to kick it off, my number one movie that I've seen in the last few years is 1917, which came out last, um, it's either ended last December. December or yeah, yeah it's December January. There. Okay, yeah, a little little uh, writing on the poster there, but 
this is definitely one that um it's probably one of the best like in theater experiences i've ever had like just the cinematography and if you don't know about this movie like it's basically it did an effect where they made it look like the entire film was shot in one continuous take so like the camera just follows these two like soldiers around as they go to like deliver a message um across like you know, they go through, like, No Man's Land and all this stuff in World War One to deliver a message, and it's, like, super intense and, like, really, you know, beautiful to watch, um, just, like, the filming and scenery and all that. So it's, I definitely would recommend that movie. Um, so that's my number one pick. Number two, um, I'm a big MCU fan, like, superheroes in general, but especially, like, big Marvel guys. So I've got two of those movies on here. The first one I'm going to talk about is Avengers Infinity War. Um, I know a lot of people would say Endgame is their favorite Marvel movie, which is pretty good as well. But I like this one um, a little bit better just in terms of the big, like, team-up movie. I thought it did a better job of, like, getting all the characters, like, their time to shine. And I thought it was a little bit more, um, like, intense and suspenseful. Like, you didn't really know what was going to happen. And for, like, to have the villain, like, win at the end, I think that was a pretty, like, interesting and, like, different way to end a superhero movie than, you know, we're usually used to. Usually they, like, gang up and beat the bad guy, and uh, it was definitely a, like, darker and, like, a lot more interesting way, I think, to do a movie. So that's my number two pick. Um, number three, I've got John Wick. Um, really, like, the whole trilogy I really like. Um, great action movies, but I think the first one is definitely, like, the best, like, the classic. Um, like, especially, like, that's when, like, he has a lot more reason, I feel like, for, you know, going crazy and, like, killing people. So it's, you kind of, you know, emphasize with him a little bit. So I think that movie and, like, the whole, like, series that spawned are great. So um, that's my third pick. Um, and fourth, I've got Sicario, which is another one that you guys might have seen or might not. I've heard of it. I haven't seen it, though. Yeah, it's definitely one to be worth checking out. Um, mm-hmm. It's about... For those of you who don't know, it's um, Emily Blunt plays like a DEA agent who goes on a like top secret mission to Mexico with um, Josh Brolin and Benicio del Toro, and they go to like bust up like the cartel and um, all this stuff. So it's really like super intense like thriller, um, and it's shot uh, by the same um, cinematographer who did 1917, my first pick. So it's definitely like really nice to look at as well. So um, definitely check that out if you haven't already. Um, then in fifth place, I've got Interstellar. Um, I'm a big fan of all of Christopher Nolan's movies, like the Dark Knight trilogy, Inception, all that. Um, Interstellar is the only one that's come out in the last few years, you know, in our uh, range here. So I pick, put that at number five. Um, that's a really good one. Like, again, it's really cool, like shots, like they're in outer space and really cool to look at like going to black hole and all this crazy stuff and the science apparently was done with um like nasa like their input helped kind of put together like the space scenes and all the math and stuff is supposedly pretty accurate up until the very end um the only reason this movie isn't higher is because like the ending i won't spoil anything but i found it to be kind of unsatisfying but other than that i thought it was a really good um you know intense movie that um i really enjoyed and then number six is probably gonna be another one that you guys don't know a whole lot about but came out last year uh, the lighthouse um 
it has basically a two-man act of just Robert Pattinson and uh, William Dafoe, and they're basically like lighthouse keepers, and I think it's supposed to be the end of the 1800s, but they're basically just like locked in a lighthouse for like a month, you know, making sure it stays on and lit and all of that, and they basically just kind of go crazy, um, like basically a cabin fever kind of deal, and they just go crazy, and it's kind of like a dark comedy almost, like just some of the stuff they do. But it's really, like, interesting because it's all filmed in black and white, so it's made to look like they made this movie in, like, the 19, like, 40s. Just, like, the aspect ratio is, like, a square, and it's black and white and all that. So I, I thought it was a pretty, like, interesting way to do a movie, and it was definitely, like, really intense and uh, suspenseful. It's kind of supposed to be a horror movie. I didn't really think it was scary so much. It was just, like, suspenseful because you really didn't know where this movie was going to go, like, at any point. Um, and number seven... Uh, I've got my second Marvel movie, which is Thor Ragnarok. So that's the third Thor movie, and um, it definitely like took the character in a different direction, made him a little more like funny and interesting. And um, I think out of all the Marvel movies, like all the solo ones, is by far my favorite. Um, I think it's really rewatchable. And if you haven't seen it, like definitely go check it out. I think it's one of the best. It's definitely like my top three for sure. Um, number eight, I'm going with Logan. Um, I'm not too big a fan of the X-Men movies. Um, I feel like as far as like superhero movies go, they're kind of like generic and I never really got into like, you know, having to keep up with all the different X-Men. Like there's so many of them and I feel like I didn't really relate to any single one of them besides, you know, Wolverine's kind of the fan favorite, but this was his last movie, um, with Hugh Jackman. They came out a few years ago and they gave it a rated R rating, so it's really, like, a pretty intense movie, um, but I think it's, like, a perfect send-off to the character, and I think Hugh Jackman did a really good job, like, portraying him and made it really emotional and all that, so if you're a comic movie fan and you haven't seen this movie, like, definitely give it a watch, and then my ninth place is another comic book movie, um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which I think is probably the best Spider-Man movie they've came out with as well, like, definitely, like, animated, and it's a different take on the character. Like, I didn't see it in theaters when it came out because I was worried about, you know, if I would like an animated movie. Like, I thought it was going to be for kids and all that. But it was actually really good. Um, the animation styles are really cool to look at. I think they did a really great job there in the story. I think really did a great job of, like, capturing who Spider-Man is as a character. You know, I think better than any of the, like, live-action ones they've done so far, so... Definitely a really good one for me. And then at number 10, I had to throw a Star Wars movie in there. Uh, Rogue One, I thought was a really cool um, idea. I think it's definitely by far the best thing that Disney's done since they bought the Star Wars um, franchise. Like, I haven't been a big fan of any of their, like, sequel movies or any of that. But I thought Rogue One was cool because it went in a different direction. Like, it wasn't all just about, like, Jedis and um, all that stuff. It had, like, some new characters from the Rebellion and... Um, kind of like took some old, um, like the classic movies, like that kind of environment and made it new, which I thought was really nice. And the scene with Darth Vader at the end kind of put this in my top 10 for sure. Cause that's just an epic scene. So, um, yeah, that's my list. <laughs> um, definitely check those out if you haven't already. I think it's, I think you'll probably like them. All right, guys, there's Nate's mm-hmm. top 10 list. Uh, definitely. You made some good, good pitches on good. some of these movies, man. <laughs> some of these I want to I want to rewatch Interstellar now. 
Well, yeah. I want to watch 1917. Haven't seen that at the Lighthouse. And uh, yeah, and <laughs> I, I'm a fan of this list, Nate. I got to say. Thank hey. you, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I was about to say, I agree 100%. <laughs> yeah very good <laughs> all right now connor it's your turn tell us about your top 10 all righty so my top 10 um there are a few movies on here that are similar to nate but there are quite a few different ones so i know for me i decided i was going to stick with one per franchise because i could have done like multiple mcu movies but i decided just to stick with one so um but i did well, I do really like Logan. The, my favorite movie from the X-Men universe is definitely Deadpool. I mean, I don't think I've ever laughed harder at a movie than when I watched Deadpool. I mean, I, I think it was definitely because I think Deadpool 2 is good, too. Uh, I should have said good as well. But the first movie, it was just so unexpected. Like, you didn't know what was going to happen in that movie. You didn't know, like, what direction they were going to take because we had been waiting so long for a Deadpool movie. And then they came out with that, and it was just, like, uber hilarious, and the action was great. And I still laugh at it to this day when I watch it, so I definitely had to put that number one. Uh, And then I'm in agreement with Nate that I do like Infinity War better than Endgame. Because I remember when Endgame came out, I was like, okay, you know, we'll see how this goes. And by the end of it, I was like, my dad asked me, he's like, how did you like it? I was like, oh, it was good, but I still liked Infinity War better. Um, I think, but there's definitely differences between them. I mean... Whereas Endgame was a lot more about storytelling, Infinity War was more about the action, and I liked the action, so um, I had to go with Infinity War. And also, like uh, Nate said, the villain winning at the end. I think that's one of the reasons, uh, another reason why people think The Empire Strikes Back is like the best Star Wars film, because the villain does end up winning at the end, and you don't see that very often, so it's pretty unique. Um, then with John Wick, I did have a hard time deciding between the first movie and the second movie, but I decided to go with the first movie because, you know, it's the original, but they are very close. I think Eric has, like, I don't know if, I know Eric has one of these, but I don't know if he has the first or second, but the first one I think is still better. So then the first uh, other new movie I have on here is Kingsman, The Secret Service. Um, I put that on there because I remember when my dad asked me if I wanted to watch it. And I was like, what is like, what is Kingsman? I have no idea what this is. He's like, oh, it's kind of like a gentleman spy sort of thing. And I was like, OK, so it's just going to be like some kind of James Bond ripoff or whatever. But I was really surprised when I watched it. It was really good. I mean, it had a good because I think the difference between is that James Bond is really serious you know, like it's really good action, but it's a very serious film. Whereas this was a lot more lighthearted, and it was there's a lot of more comedic effort to it, comedic value. So, and then the second one was good too, but I still had to go with the first one. So, um, should definitely check out Kingsman. It's it's a great great movie. Um, then fifth, I have Bohemian Rhapsody, and it's unfortunate now that um, this is Bohemian Rhapsody is probably going to spawn a lot of really bad movies because the movie about you know, it's obviously about Freddie Mercury, his life, and about Queen, but mostly about Freddie Mercury. And some of the things in the movie are a bit over-dramatized and, you know, not quite true, but it still does a really good job. And Remy Malik does an amazing job playing Freddie Mercury, so um, that was really good. But like I said, unfortunately, it's probably going to spawn a lot of really bad movies because now everybody's going to want to try and do that. Like, I know Rocketman came out not too long ago, and like it was okay, but it definitely wasn't on the level of Bohemian Rhapsody. And I heard someone was trying to make like a David Bowie movie and that it was really bad. So um, Bohemian Rhapsody is great, but this, the follow-up movies probably aren't going to be very good. Um, and then same as Nate, I have Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which this was another movie that I didn't really, I wasn't sure about it because I've never been the biggest Spider-Man fan. And I was like, well, you know, I didn't really like the, 
you know, I wasn't a big fan of the Amazing Spider-Man film, so I don't know if I want to go and see this, but I, one of my friends convinced me to go and see, and it was really cool, you know, taking the perspective of Miles Morales instead of Peter Parker, and um, just seeing, just the way they went with it, and making it, it was just really good. I don't know how else to describe (laughs) it, but it was really good. I was really surprised. Uh, Then I went with Detective Pikachu. I know um, my girlfriend and I have been waiting for this film to come out for a long time, and Finally, and Ryan Reynolds does a great job being Pikachu. I mean, I really wish I could see like a, you know, Ryan Reynolds mentioned that there was an uncut, you know, if you took the uncut version of Detective Pikachu, it could probably make an R-rated version of Detective Pikachu with some of the outtakes that Ryan Reynolds has voicing Detective Pikachu. So uh, that was really cool. Then Rogue One, I had to put a Star Wars film in here, but like Nate, I've been less than impressed with all the movies that have been coming out from Disney, but Nate was right about that Rogue One was kind of something different, and it went a different direction. I do think they went a little bit overboard using the CGI to try and bring back some of these old characters and whatnot, but it was still definitely the best out of all the Disney Star Wars movies. Um, Then I went with Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them at number nine. I was intro- I didn't see this when it came out, but I was introduced to it later, and now I'm really waiting for the third one to come out next year, because I saw the most recent one that came out too, but, you know, like, a theme going here, it was the original, so it's the one I gotta stick with um, over any of the other ones. And then finally, this is probably an unpopular opinion, but I really liked Cars 3. I know a lot of people who are Pixar fans really didn't like it, I mean, they've been disappointed with the car series since the first one came out because obviously the second one was just terrible because they tried to focus on mater which wasn't really a good idea but i like how they go back to lightning mcqueen in this movie and it's 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 a nice movie i mean i I wanted to put a pixar film on here so i went with cars 3 at number 10 but it's definitely number 10 for a reason (laughs) (laughs) all right there's there's connor's list everybody a couple similarities uh, a couple also that you'll see on feature lists Eric, here's your list. Take it away, man. Yes, sir. So I also am in agreement with Connor and Nate that Avengers Infinity War was the better movie over Avengers Endgame. Uh, Connor mentioned that he liked it for the action. Avengers Endgame definitely lacked in action overall, minus the end of the movie compared to Infinity War. But I also thought Infinity War had a really good storyline as well in addition to the action. So that's why I gave it the edge over Endgame. Really, if I could, I would just put rank them together at number one. But since we're doing individual movies, uh, I just went with Infinity War. And then one of the ones that I have that no one else has on their list that I put at number two was Knives Out that came out not too long ago. I I need to see that. I want to I see really it. Had, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I really had low expectations going into this. Uh, but then when I saw like some like reviews and ratings were coming out and like everyone was saying it was good. I was like, you know what? OK, I'll, I'll take a chance on it because like Susan and I are big moviegoers. But if there's a movie and we're kind of on the fence about it and usually if it gets like more bad ratings than good, I'll be like, eh, I'll opt to not see it. But this one had had like all good reviews. So I was like, you know what? I'm on the fence, but I'm going to go see it. And it's one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. I, the way it starts out is like a murder mystery. That's the main point of the movie. Uh, the grandpa in the chair there gets killed. And so 
it, but just the way they went about solving it, it wasn't your typical detective movie where it goes along and you try to figure out who it is the whole time. They actually reveal who the killer was really early and then it goes in a different route. It's not what you would expect at all. I mean, if you have not seen this movie, if there's one movie on my top 10 list that you have not seen, I would really recommend it be this one. If I wasn't putting Infinity War and Endgame kind of together as one, like this would have been my number one. It's so good. And then I went with Wonder Woman at number three. Uh, kind of like Connor, I didn't want to have like too many superhero movies on here, but out of the DC movies, they've had a good amount of flops, uh, especially early on, like the Batman and Superman ones that they had come out with were really lackluster to me, but Wonder Woman definitely saved the franchise and they've had some better ones that have come out since then. Aquaman was pretty good. Shazam was pretty good. They're heading in and the Harley Quinn movie was also pretty good. So they've been trending in a more right direction, but they were flopping really bad until Wonder Woman came out. So Wonder Woman. Batman versus Superman. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Wonder Woman was way better. Uh, and Gal Gadot is amazingly good looking. But anyway, <laughs> but she does give a great performance, too. I mean, just amazing film. And then I went with Get Out at number four. Uh, I guess kind of when you see the trailer, you think of it as being like a horror movie, which I'm really not into normally. But kind of like what Nate said about the movie The Lighthouse that he watched, it's really more of a suspenseful and dramatic type of thing like there's not jump scares and stuff like that but it's really more of like a psychological thriller um again if you haven't seen this one i i would highly recommend it and then at number five i have rise of the planet of the apes i out of the three planet of the apes movies that came out it was by far my favorite i liked the first one Third one I also liked, but I was a little more disappointed with it. I thought they had a chance to have a big epic buildup, but it just it wasn't quite as good as I would. It just didn't compare to the second one for me, I guess. So, but the second one was really great overall. It is a really good trilogy. A lot of trilogies, like the first one, is good, and then it kind of falls off. But the Planet of the Apes trilogy was pretty good all the way through. The second one being my favorite. And then another trilogy that was really good, the John Wick trilogy that uh, has been talked about already. But I put the second one on here. I liked it a little bit better than the first one. Just the effects and everything that they added into it was just really unreal. But kind of like with the Planet of the Apes one, the third one wasn't quite as good to me. But at the same time, I mean, it's a whole really good trilogy. And then at number seven, I have Alita Battle Angel. This was another one for me, like Knives Out. I didn't necessarily have – well, I'm going to talk about Ready Player One, too, at number eight. Both of these were ones I didn't really have high expectations originally. But then with both of them, after seeing the trailers a few times when I'd go see other movies, it you know they'd release a different trailer, and I'd get to see a little bit more, and it slowly grew on me for both of them. And – with both of these movies, the storytelling is great, which is my number one thing that goes into it. If I'm making a top 10 movies, like storytelling is like the most important thing for me. I wanted to have, I want to have a reason to care about the characters or to care about what's going on. And 
both of those movies really delivered, and I enjoyed both of those. And then Bohemian Rhapsody, I'm in agreement with Connor there. I mean, they had the Elton John one that came out. It wasn't as good, and I think Bohemian Rhapsody will be the best one, at least for a while. It did win awards. And I do agree, though, it was a little overdramatized, so that's why I didn't have it as high on my list as some of the others. But at the same time, for it to make it into the top ten of my list shows that it, in my opinion, was a really good movie. Uh, I think my personal favorite part, though, just being when they relived the concert at the end. If you look up the real footage from the actual concert, it's almost virtually identical. It was amazing how they did that. It was so spot on. And then lastly... This one might come as a shocker for some people that know me, especially Connor of Bumblebee, just because John Cena's in it. Because you like, you like John Cena? <laughs> <laughs> I, can't. I, I, I specifically picked a movie poster of this movie that did not have his face on it. <laughs> uh, the movie, this movie was really good, uh, not because of him, but uh, I... This was another one, just kind of like with Wonder Woman with the DC movies, like Transformers had had a lot of really bad flops and just movies that were not doing well at all. But Bumblebee could, this movie could save the franchise. I mean, Haley Seinfeld did an amazing job. The effects in it were really cool. Just the drama that built up, like it actually had suspense in it. It wasn't just a million explosions every five seconds. Like there was actually a story behind this one, which made it better. And I enjoyed it. So I, this was, even though I picked the NFL bus topic, this was actually, I was most excited to do this one. <laughs> so, yes, sir. <laughs> so Zach, Zach, what you got? All right, guys. So I've got, I've got quite a few different ones than you guys, but there's still a few similarities. I'll start with my first one. If anybody knows me, uh, Nate especially will know this, but I don't know if Eric and Connor know, but I love Planet of the Apes. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm a geek for it. So <laughs> Nate knows because we went after Steak and Shake working one time, I think, and, and watched the this movie at the theater. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I've got it at number one. It was it was really good. It really impressed me. It was the thing I love about this trilogy is all these movies are different. They're not. It's not just like a continue. It is a continuation of things, but it's it's really different. And I'm I just really love apes in general. Like I I love how like intelligent that they are and as a species and stuff. And seeing them in a movie act as like smart as humans and stuff, I think is really cool. I I do like the old ones too. I watch those every now and then. Um, Caesar is a character. Take over the planet. (laughs) Part of me, part of me me thinks so. (laughs) I I love the the idea behind it and everything. I love the. I, I don't know. I'm just like a just a total geek for this stuff. But uh, apparently Zach wants to live under apes is what he's saying. <laughs> no, I don't want to. But like I'm, I'm saying like just that in in the newer ones they make it more like the the apes are really the good guys because they're trying to to work together. But obviously uh, won't spoil everything. Caesar though he's the main character. He's amazing. Uh, really really good job with him. And I I do it's so tough for me to rank these three movies i i really it's hard to rank them because i love them all but i'm gonna have the the newest one war for the planet of the apes first and then at number two i've got maze runner which which nobody had but i thought it was a really good movie and i'm probably biased because i did read the books for it so i was aware of everything and 
it it was really good books. The movie didn't live up to the books, obviously the the franchise, but the first one was the best. I I thought it was honestly it's probably my favorite of like the genre with like the um I don't know the messed up government that's like controlling everything and uh, like Hunger Games stuff. Hunger Games, yeah, Hunger Games that um there was uh, Divergent, you know that those Divergent. sort of things. Yeah, this was my favorite of the of that genre. I thought it was really good, uh, really related to some of the characters and that and everything. Um, and then I've got The Martian at third. This is like a living on Mars type of thing. I don't know if you guys have seen it or not, but it was a really good movie. Really yeah, this was this was my like wild card like oh your honorable mention. <laughs> yeah, The Martian yeah. and Creed were my honorable mention. But yeah, it, okay. that was, I, I agree with you here. Okay, yeah. So it, it's a really good movie. Check it out if you haven't seen it. And then this brings me to the Marvel movies. Um, I know this is going to be controversial. This is going to be um, not not many people are going to agree with this. I know, but I really, I really, well, I mean, I, I think people would agree that Civil War is a good movie. That's what I've got here at number four is Captain America: Civil War. But I really, this was like the end of the good Marvel movies in my opinion. As far as like, I like the standalones, but as far as like the Avengers and stuff, like Infinity War, I know this is this is the controversial thing, but <laughs> I I just did not like Infinity War. I I like slept through it. I just didn't like. I haven't even watched Endgame because I just didn't really care for Infinity War. And I I watched um the the standalones and stuff, but I just don't really care for these like more of these Avenger type of movies. But Civil War was really good. I I enjoyed seeing that one. That's been by far my favorite marvel movie but um but yeah just not i'm just not a fan of like the um infinity war and stuff like i i struggled to watch it honestly i just did it for peer pressure i guess honestly i don't i'm not even watching it um then i've got Zombieland double tap here at number five and it's definitely nowhere near as good as the first Zombieland movie but this is i really love the first one and when i found out that they were making a another one for this i was really excited for it it was it's still a really good movie i'd suggest watching it if you haven't i i really liked it it's different you know being like 20 years later or whatever but or not that not that long but still it's definitely it's one of those weird things where they wait a long time to make a sequel but re- i i really like uh woody harrelson here so <laughs> it's zombie land double <laughs> it's funny it's funny i like this um then i've got bohemian rhapsody which you guys all had um really like the band queen so freddie mercury is someone who's really interesting and it did it did a really good job i will say i didn't have great expectations for this movie but it blew me away like you said uh with rami malik's performance was really good in it so gotta gotta include it on the list here because i like that that music honestly too um then i've got the interview down here at seven and i could watch like i feel like i've watched this movie like 10 times um really funny movie about like north korea and everything and it's really controversial when it came out but this is like a you know seth rogan type of thing but still it's it's really funny it's one of my favorite like comedy movies so i I included it on the list here um rogue one the best star wars movie of the recent ones to come out in my opinion so i had to include it and the ending like you said was really good uh do need to rewatch it though because it's been a little while since i watched it but 
Wonder Woman I've got here at nine. Like Eric said, out of the DC movies, this one is definitely the best. Uh, definitely enjoyed it. And then I've got Rise for the Planet of the Apes. I, I really could move this up, but I didn't want to just to, you know, like you guys with the Marvel and everything, but still a really good movie. Um, basically everything I said for the first one applies to this really good. I, I personally just enjoyed it. You guys might not, but I'm, I just really like that stuff. So that's why I put it on here. Uh, but yeah, that that's my top 10 movies guys. Hopefully, hopefully you check them all out sometime if you haven't seen them all. Um, now we'll move on to the next uh, category, the final one. So this one is NFL draft bus. So, Eric, start us off with your your first list here. Yeah. Also, if anybody watches this on YouTube, uh, please, in addition just to the list of players, rank our four slideshows from first to fourth. And <laughs> hopefully you'll like my picture. Eric's today. going for number one on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to, since these guys all have like failed NFL careers, I tried to find great pictures to accentuate that. But so <laughs> I went with Ryan Leaf at number one. Uh, obviously he's known for being in the same draft as Peyton Manning being selected right after him. And there were actually a lot of people coming out of college that thought he was going to be better than Peyton Manning. And of course with Peyton Manning being a ball, obviously I didn't believe that I had that balls bias there, but (laughs) I was my cheese, Eric, how wrong could you be? (laughs) (laughs) But obviously my senses were definitely right on this. I could, it was a tough one. For me between putting him or Jamarcus Russell at number one but I chose Ryan Leaf just because he was just known for being such a terrible person in the locker room and had you know controversial issues with reporters and just and then having terrible stats on the field just he was just a bust all the way around and that's why I put him at number one but not too far behind was uh, Jamarcus Russell at number two he was one, though, that I wasn't really that excited about when he came out. I mean, I remember when he got drafted, they're like, oh, he can throw a football 90 yards and all that. But, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a good quarterback. You can have all the arm strength in the world, but if you can't read a defense, then it's not going to matter. And I just I wasn't as excited about him. So I was glad my Jags didn't end up getting him. I'm glad the Raiders took him at number one. Uh, number three, I took uh, Kajana Carter, who's arguably one of the biggest running back draft busts of all time. He did have an injury-riddled career, which was a lot of the problem. Uh, I know he tore his ACL really early in his career, but he just was never able to recover from that. And, you know, when you get taken number one overall, there's a lot of high expectations, and he obviously didn't live up to them. Uh, Brian Bosworth, the steroid freak i got this goofy picture of him with his helmet on backwards on his head uh doing an interview or something there but uh i tried to not have so many quarterbacks on here i have a few obviously but i don't want to go like quarterback heavy so i was looking at biggest busts at some other positions and he's arguably one of the biggest linebacker busts of all time just never amounted to anything really and then I want to say got on run other, over by Bo Jackson. Yeah, Bo Jackson. Bo, I, there was a picture of him like on the ground after Bo torched him, but he was like way in the corner, and I almost used that picture, but you wouldn't have really known who it was by looking at it. So I I uh, 
I opted not to use that picture. I used this one instead. But at number five, I was surprised that I don't remember seeing him on any of y'all's list, but I was surprised that none of y'all had Johnny Manziel on there. Uh, he was another one, too, that I remember when he was coming out of college, the Jaguars had the number three pick, and a lot of people really wanted him, and people were really mad when we took Blake Bortles instead. Not that that really worked out a whole lot better, but at, at least he had a playoff run. At least he had a playoff run with our team, you know, whereas Johnny Manziel just busted so bad and was known for his partying and uh, just just seemed like Getting he didn't arrested. care. Yeah, just, just a bunch of stupid stuff. And I don't know. I, would, I was so glad we didn't get him. He was a... Blake Bortles may have sucked too, but at least he wasn't a headache in the locker room and stuff. Uh, and then kind of the uh, another quarterback bust here, uh, last quarterback on my list, Akili Smith. Uh, just the, obviously, as you could tell with Kajana Carter too, like the Bengals have had some really bad draft picks in their time, and he was just another one where it was just a total flop. Ohio teams don't know how to draft. <laughs> yeah, Cle- I have two for Cleveland on here too, but um then at number seven i have a offensive lineman for the packers here tony Manderich. uh a lot of people may not be as familiar with him but he's <laughs> arguably the biggest offensive lineman bust of all time and i picked him because uh i can't remember the list of names but he was drafted either number three or number four overall and I read on the list of uh, the people from his draft and the rest of the top five players that were picked uh, out of the top five, the other four besides him are all in the Hall of Fame now. They all had Hall of Fame careers and he was obviously nowhere close to that. So seeing that the Packers whiffed on a bust when there was all this other Hall of Fame talent out there, I, I had to put him on here. Uh, I will give the Packers some credit, though, because they are typically known for having good drafts and keeping most of their draft picks. But this was one of their fails for sure. And then at number eight, I've got uh, Charles Rogers dropping a pass. Uh, He had a lot of hype from him coming out of college. And um, but obviously he didn't turn out to be anything. Uh, The Lions are another team that's had a history of bad draft picks. So it is. I sad. I found out though that he died last year. I was sad to hear that. He was pretty young. He died of liver failure. So I do feel bad for that about him. But he did have a terrible career though. And then uh, number nine, Trent Richardson. He was selected in the top five by the Browns. Uh, he had a terrible career. There's a lot of footage uh, if you look at film on him where the offensive line would open up a huge hole and he would run the other way into the defense. I mean, just, just really bad. I mean, these would be Mitch Trubisky at running back. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just, just crazy. Like, like Zach and Connor, like in mine's grandma could have run through these holes, you know, I mean, just, (laughs) just, just unreal. Some of the stuff you didn't see, it's like, how do you not see that? And, but I, I have him a little bit lower just because at least for the Browns sake, because they were at least able to, finagle a first round pick out of the Colts for him which I don't know what the Colts saw in him that they thought they were going to be able to do but yeah other than his like rookie year he had a terrible career and then the last one I picked I don't think anybody else had him but was Vernon Golston uh he's one of the few first round picks uh out of defensive like that are labeled pass rushers to never register a sack so, Ouch. you know, when, yeah, when you're being picked in the first round as a edge rusher, you're, 
that's your job. And he literally never got one in his career. So I had to put him on the list. So, uh, yeah, that, that is unfortunate. So I got that picture of him whiffing on tackling LaShawn McCoy there. So, uh, not yeah, even that, a half, not even a half sack. Yeah. No, I don't know. Maybe he probably he didn't maybe got a tackle. He might've, he might've gotten <laughs> he a half a sack that I don't know, but he never registered a whole sack that I do Ooh. know for sure. <laughs> Pretty bad. <All> right. <laughs> Okay, Nate, tell us about your uh, your top tens. All right, so to start it off, I know like Jamarcus Russell and Ryan Leaf are pretty much one and two on anybody's um, list here, but I went with Jamarcus Russell number one just because the Raiders had a number one pick in that draft, which meant they could have picked anybody they wanted. They picked and they picked uh, Russell over guys like Adrian Peterson, Calvin Johnson, um, Patrick Willis. So like just looking back that makes the pick so much worse because they could have done whatever they wanted with it whereas the you know i'm sure the Chargers wanted leaf but the colts are already taking peyton manning number one so they're like all right i guess he's the second best option so we'll go with him but either way they both had terrible nfl careers um russell and and leaf too they both had off the field stuff they just did not you know we're not committed to the game and they just um totally flopped um, number three, I know it's going to be a sore subject for, you know, <laughs> pretty much everybody here from Jacksonville. Um, but I put Justin Blackman, um, number three, just because, uh, not so much that he was a terrible football player, but just like the waste of potential. I feel like, um, the Jags spent a super high draft pick on him and he did show up his rookie, his rookie year and he made some pretty good plays and then um alcohol and drug you know issues showed up and he basically disappeared from the nfl and he's technically still on the jags roster <laughs> which, which is pretty like <laughs> funny like he, they technically still own his rights so if somebody yeah, they ever do. got they did like, yeah <laughs> if, that's pretty interesting like, he's, he's, he's like living in jamaica or something screw the jags off the grid yeah but <laughs> that's my number three um biggest bust um Number four and five are my other two quarterbacks. Like um, what Eric was saying, I wanted to try and not make them all quarterbacks because that would be pretty easy to do. Um, but number four, I've got Tim Couch, uh, the first overall pick from the Browns when they came back uh, to the NFL. And he, he didn't have, you know, a tough time with being an expansion team. Um, but that doesn't really excuse, like, how bad his play was. Um and same thing, Achilles Smith is another one that just totally flopped for the Bengals. Like, I know they liked his athleticism and all that stuff coming out of college, but that was just a bad pick who um, didn't pan out at all from the jump. Um, and then number six, I've got um, Charles Rogers again, um, totally flopped. I was a wide receiver for the Lions, um, you know, came in, didn't produce, um, all that. Uh, number seven, I've got Trent Richardson again, like that. He's kind of the guy who made it, um, question mark to draft a running back in the top 10. I know we've had like Zeke Elliott and Leonard Fournette drafted, but I think after seeing the way he flopped, I know a lot of general managers I'm sure are kind of questioning, like if it's worth it to take a running back that high, because he had all the physical talents, Alabama, and then he came in the league and, he did solid as a rookie year, but especially like once they traded him to the Colts, like you could see his vision and awareness and all of that was just nowhere near NFL level. And then obviously once you get in the league, everybody's athletic, so his 
talents there didn't really help. And um, even when he tried to make his comeback in the AAF last year, like, you know, those are guys that practice squad guys who should have been running over and he had like, you know, two and a half yards of carry there. So um, that's definitely a bust from the Browns. Uh, number eight, I've got the Boz. Um, that's another guy who um, definitely like the potential was there. Um, and he wasn't awful his rookie year. He did get, you know, ran over by um, um, Bo Jackson. All that was pretty, you know, publicized. And he wasn't as good as, you know, he was advertised. But I think he gets a lot of, like, hate just for, like, not backing up the talk, which that's a lot of his fault. You know, the off the field, kind of like a Johnny Manziel, like the off the field, like antics didn't justify the performance. And um, I know like injuries kind of derailed his career, but I think his steroid use is pretty well um, documented. I'm sure that was, you know, a big, uh, what do you call it? A big factor in some of those injuries. So I think um, he has himself a lot to blame for the way his NFL career turned out. So that's my seventh biggest bust or, eighth biggest bust and then number nine i've got kevin white um i know there's a little bit more of like a recency bias here with him being picked in 2016 i believe 2015 or 16 but um he came in and he was never healthy which is true but to be a top five pick or receiver like the bears definitely expected more he's supposed to be their like you know receiver of the future like next like calvin johnson and all that and he finished or He's technically still trying to make a comeback from what I've seen, but, you know, at this point in his career, he's got like 45 catches over three seasons with no touchdowns. So that's definitely a bust, no matter how you slice it, at least for the Bears. Um, and then number 10, I've got Kijana Carter. Um, this is another guy who um, injuries definitely like hampered him, but to be picked number one overall at running back, there's definitely some huge uh, expectations that come along with that. Like you're expected to carry the offense and, all that, and he definitely did not do any of that for the Bengals. So that's going to round out my top 10. All right, guys, just a little bit of a disclaimer here. If you're a fan of any of the teams that I put up here, you're probably going to be triggered by my readings of these. We'll start with number one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Connor, you don't have to worry, but... Uh, yeah, I was about to say, well, you're going to trigger yourself and Eric with that. Yeah, (laughs) I will, I will. Um, Jamarcus Russell, he's got to be number number one on anybody's list because he did go number one overall. That's a key factor here. And then, like Nate was talking about, the people that went after him, Calvin Johnson, Joe Thomas, boom, boom. They were just number two and three. <laughs> Not even I, – I tried to stay away from, like, late-round steals because, obviously, everybody passed up on the six-rounders of the world that end up being Hall of Famers. But, yeah, when you go – when Calvin Johnson, Joe Thomas, Nature, and Peterson follow you in the draft, that's bad. Not to mention, he basically only played three That's years. Bad. <laughs> three years in the career with an 18 to 23 touchdown interception ratio. Terrible stuff. And then you guys are really underestimating Kijana Carter's bust ability because not only was he bad, but the people drafted behind him because you said he was drafted number one overall in 95. Mm-hmm. Tony Baselli, uh, McNair, Warren Sapp, Ty Law, Brooks. These are all. Hall of Famers that were close to Hall of Famers on this list here. And he did have a, this is pretty shocking, but this, his injuries, I, I'll, you know, some guys do off the field stuff. He was an injury guy. Seven years he was around technically on a team and he only had 1,100 yards, 20 touchdowns. And then here's some more reasons why this guy was so bad. 
he signed a record-setting contract when he was signed. This is back before the the CBA had these pre-written draft contracts. Seven-year, it was like a record contract at the time. And also another thing to make this even worse is the Bengals traded up in the draft to get him because it was originally going to be the Panthers pick with the expansion Panthers and Jaguars teams. So not only did all did all this guy do all this bad stuff, but the Bengals actually traded up in the draft to pick him, losing out on another. I forgot. Draft. I forgot about that. I yeah, I knew so, about, like, the yeah. bad stats, but I, I didn't. I did not realize yeah. that. Yeah, so that's another reason why he's got to be number two on my list. Ryan Leaf, you could make a case, you know, him being higher, but he did follow a lot of great people. But the the saving thing for Ryan Leaf is he didn't go one. If he had went one and Manning went two, he would have easily been number one on the list. But he, he did go after Manning, so there is that. And terrible stats, 21 starts, 14 to 36 touchdown-interception ratio. Guys like Charles Woodson, Fred Taylor, Randy Moss, Alan Fanica drafted behind him. Just just bad Chargers fans. Just bad. Um, this guy, I didn't even know. I didn't even know who he was. I had to do some research. Chargers fans. <laughs> I I I had to do some research on this because I didn't even know who this guy was. But Charles Rogers, apparently he went second overall in the 03 draft. Guy at his same position, Andre Johnson, went one pick after. Let that sink in. One pick after. Same one pick. Uh, <laughs> Andre Johnson's going to be a Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Terrell Suggs and Paul Amalu followed him later on in the draft. Just just bad to be symbolized with that. Four touchdowns in his career. That's terrible to be the number two overall pick of wide receiver. Well, just 440 yards. And he he kind of hurt himself because... He had domestic violence issues, overdose. So I know he's deceased now, but he definitely did not help himself off the field earlier in his career. Uh, Achilles Smith, once again, I never even heard of this guy until I started looking up these draft bus things. <laughs> Another guy like that. Names Think, that you've heard once and you go, who? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nine, 99 draft. And guys like Edron James, Chant Bailey, Dante Culpepper, all drafted after 22 games played. Let that sink in. 22 games played. A season of 16 games. <laughs> and he only played 22 his whole career. Five touchdowns. 2,200 yards. Just terrible. Terrible stats. Bengals. Does he have star. more touchdowns than Nathan Peterman? <laughs> <laughs> At least Peterman wasn't a number three overall draft pick. <laughs> That's true. Well, if you count Peterman's touchdowns to the other team, he he's definitely got <laughs> Um, Zach, are you the ranting host this episode? Zach is going off tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Tim Couch here at number six. The Browns, it keeps getting worse for them. He was a number one overall pick, guys. And then Donovan McNabb at the same position, a quarterback drafted right after him, not in the Hall of Fame, but still had a great career. Just terrible. He did have a little bit longer career, which is why I bumped him a little bit down this list. But the guys picked after him, similar to that 99 draft, just bad. It's really bad. Uh, 64 to 67 touchdown interception ratio. Actually, for this list, that's not that bad, but terrible, terrible stats. David Carr at seven. I know he wasn't helped out with his team and everything, but still, when you go number one overall, you have expectations. And he did not meet any expectations in Mm -hmm. Houston. He did have a little bit of a longer career, mainly as a backup. He played a bunch of seasons where he didn't actually play. But the guys picked after him, 
Julius Peppers, John Henderson, Dwight Freeney, Albert Hainsworth, Ed Reed, all picked after him. I mean, all those teams passed, you know, is why did they pass up on Ed Reed? But still, when you have the number one pick and these guys come after you, it looks really bad. Uh, and then I'm pretty sure it's a record, but he's been sacked 267 times. Um, I don't know if that's an all-time record, but definitely like a single season. That was a record. You can blame the offensive line, but to me, if you're a quarterback, you got to get the ball. You can't be sacked that many times. That's Some of that's on you. So bad on you, David Carr. Derek Carr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bad, bad on, on you, David. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Eric, you might want to just leave for a bit, but Luke Jokel. No, I, 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 I already <laughs> you're know. Gonna, you're you're going to send Eric into a spiraling rant with this. <laughs> what a joke this guy was. I mean, he came up in sports jeopardy, <laughs> but he yeah. was picked number two overall in the 2013 draft. And then, guys, the brutal, brutal pick, two picks after you, same position, Lane Johnson. Oh my God! Can you imagine if Lane Johnson was a Jaguar? I, God, this guy was so bad. Look at this. DeAndre Hopkins, he went after him in the draft. Travis Frederick, I know he just retired, but still, give me Travis Frederick over a hundred Luke Jokels any day of the week. He had injuries, <laughs> to be fair, but this is—he was so bad. He was cut after three years. He played a little bit in Seattle, but. When you're a first-round pick and you're cut after three years like that, and he just had bad play. Wait, what was that? I was saying, geez, the way you talk about Luke Jokel, you'd think that he would be number one on this list. (laughs) (laughs) You got some personal bias against him, that's for sure. But, yeah, yeah. what a joke he was. Everybody, I remember when he was picked, everyone was like, oh, my God, everybody and their grandma would pick Luke Jokel, and good God. Now everybody and their grandma wouldn't have picked Luke Jokel. Yeah, yeah, for real. Well, then we've got the other thing about him too was that he kind of looks like Tony Baselli, so everybody's like, "Oh, he's gonna be the next Tony Baselli." And yeah, no, (laughs) (laughs) not quite. Trent Trent Richardson, number nine, another Cleveland Brown on this list. I I didn't put Manziel here, Eric, mainly because he was drafted way later in the first round, so it wasn't like. He was an immediate pick, so it was more well, one of those. It was one of those like Paxton Lynch scenarios where it's like, okay, we have expectations, but not not first round, not number one overall expectations. But Trent, you went number three overall in the draft. That's major expectations. And this is this. I just scratch my head every time a team takes a running back in the top ten. But Trent makes it obvious why you would do that. Guys picked after him: Luke Keekley, Stephon Gilmore, Fletcher Cox. Oh my God. Can you imagine if the Browns had any of those guys? I mean, the impact pretty of sure, those guys. Pretty, yeah. Pretty sure Pretty sure picking a running back in the top five hasn't worked out since Barry Sanders. Seriously. it's it's. I don't know why teams still do it, but they do. Um, you know, I could rant about Quentin Nelson not being picked instead of, uh, what's his face, Saquon with the Giants. I was, I was shaking my head at that. But anyways, Trent, uh, Trent Richardson, you're so bad. You Your best season. Average 3.6 yards per carry. That is atrocious as a running back, let alone as a top running back. There's <laughs> players out of the league that could probably do better than that, honestly. I, I feel like Eric was talking about that Zach is ranting, but I think he's just preparing for the roast coming up here. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> he's roast prepping. Oh, God. If, so bad if this is just the prepping, I don't even want to know. <laughs> yeah. And 
Another thing, too, this guy is so bad that he was traded in year three. Traded. Somehow they stole a first round pick from the Colts, but my God, that's bad if you're a first if you're pick number three overall and traded in year three. That is just there's a lot of threes on his jersey. He's not the third best in anything in this world. Um, <laughs> the third best at sucking. <laughs> yeah, he's the ninth best at that. Um Joey Harrington, <laughs> Joey Harrington, another quarterback on this list. I did go kind of quarterback heavy, but out of all the stuff here, he definitely had the most stuff going on, but Still, when you're picked number three overall, like I said, there's always expectations with these quarterbacks. The people that went after him, Ed Reed, Hainsworth, Freeney, Henderson, just just household names. 56% completion percentage for his career. That's really bad. 79 to 85 touchdown interception ratio. Once again, we know the Lions have been bad. He's a reason why they've been bad. Uh, that's my that's my top 10 draft buzz, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Hopefully you get some laughs. And hopefully... <laughs> If you're a fan of one of these guys on your team here, uh, I think I think, Brown, to... I think Browns and Lions fans already know that they've had draft busts, so I'm sure they're yep, not yeah. too offended. <laughs> yeah. They're ready for it. And honestly, the if we had if we extended this to 20, there'd be more Jags on this list too. That's for sure. Dude, just <laughs> just with the amount of like wide receiver draft busts that yeah. the Jaguars have had, I, I could almost make a top 10 just on that. <laughs> Eric could almost rant. <laughs> the Jaguars do not know how to value. I mean, they. Dave Caldwell redeemed it with Allen Robinson, but it, like most of the Jaguars receivers they've ever drafted have just sucked so bad. I'm like, I don't know what they were thinking, but yeah, I could rant about that. That'll be another day. Another Matt day. Jones, anybody? All right, Connor. All right, Connor, you gotta gotta follow up, follow up my performance. Yeah, well, now. I mean, I mean, most of these have already been talked about for the most part, so I'm not gonna spend too much time, except for the last two. The last two are the only two that I have different, but. Um, like Zach, I definitely put Jamarcus Russell over Ryan Leaf because of the fact that he, one, he went number one overall. And I think just like everybody who went after him, not just the early picks, but even later in the draft, that draft was just overall better. So I had to put Jamarcus Russell there, number one, even though he did score like an opening game touchdown against the Steelers one time on like an 80 yard run or something, which was pretty embarrassing. Um, other than that, he did nothing in his career. Um, then Ryan Leaf at number two. Yeah, he. Uh, I'm sure that the San Diego Chargers, I mean, can you imagine if the Chargers had Peyton Manning to go with like LaDainian Tomlinson oh, and yeah. Antonio Gates and those guys, that would just been insane. Um, but poor, poor Ryan Leaf and poor San Diego Chargers, now <laughs> LA Chargers. Um, <laughs> then obviously Kajana Smith, you know, his injuries or is that his last name? Good Carter. 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 He's Carter. so Carter. bad. Uh-huh. You don't even know his last name. <laughs> yeah. I know. Really I, 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 <laughs> I couldn't remember if it was Smith or Carby. I, I don't know why I kept thinking Smith, but Kajana Carter. Yeah. All the injuries, Tim couch, the long suffering Cleveland Browns, Charles Rogers was just horrible for the Detroit lions. It's, you know, and then Achilles Smith, I had heard of Achilles Smith. I didn't remember him when I saw the picture. I was like, who is that? But then like, I saw Zach's like little notes and I saw the name. I was like, Oh yeah, I remember him. I did. And then Trent Richardson. I mean, I thought he was going to maybe do something with his life when he went over to the Alliance of American football, but cause he had like a terrific first game or something like that. But then after that, it was just horrible. So Trent Richardson, obviously a big bust. Brian Bosworth, the only thing he'll ever be remembered for is getting run over by Bo Jackson and, you know, obviously all the steroids. But then the last two guys on my list. So we've got 
Vince Young, I put on this list. Now, he was drafted number three overall by the Titans. Um, this was also the same year. I could obviously, I could kind of probably put Matt Leinart on this list too, but he wasn't, there wasn't as much expectation around him. And I think for the thing for Vince Young is that he did have like a, a longer career. Like he did some good things, like his first couple of years with the Titans, but, you know, the way he was hyped coming out of college and just his early time in the league was just horrible. So, I had to put Vince Young on the list. And then uh, we talked about this beforehand. At least I talked about it with Zach with Robert Griffin, the third, he's obviously still in the league and you know, my, he did have one good season under his belt. I remember being in Hilton head, South Carolina with yeah. Zach and Eric and Susan watching that final game of the regular season with the Redskins versus the Cowboys and Eric and Susan rooting for Dallas and Zach and I rooting for the Redskins and, they needed to win that game to get into the playoffs and they won the game and you know, he had a good season, but I think the other thing that makes RG three, such a bust, it's pretty similar to the Ryan leaf situation, like not quite as drastic, but you know, Ryan leaf, there was Peyton Manning somehow the Colts are involved again, but um, (laughs) yeah, Ryan leaf with Peyton Manning. And then obviously RG three with Andrew luck, you know, we all saw how Andrew luck turned out. But RG3 was supposed to be like him and Andrew Luck going into the season. They were talking about them being equal, like which one of these guys is going to be better, who's going to have the better career. And, you know, the Colts and Redskins can really go either way with these guys. You know, obviously, RG3 was a Heisman winning quarterback and Andrew Luck didn't win the Heisman. So but then we all saw that turned out, you know, Andrew Luck probably won't be a Hall of Famer because he retired so early. But had he kept up the pace that he was on, he would have been a Hall of Famer. And RG3 is, you know riding the bench in Baltimore right now. So the only reason he got to play was because they had, they rested Lamar Jackson. So, um, but yeah, that's going to be, most of my picks were the same. So I didn't want to go too in depth, but that's yeah. my biggest draft bus. Awesome guys. Hopefully you enjoyed listening. Um, I do have a special roast plan for the next episode. Like Connor alluded to there. I, I had to <laughs> delay it an episode, delayed an episode to make it really good. You guys are going to enjoy it. You guys are going to, uh, not like it. <laughs> well, I, I, was I, don't like, I don't know. I don't know, if, I don't know if we're gonna enjoy it, but the yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if you guys, but the fans, <laughs> I know Aaron Swarm. Uh, he really loved the first roast that we did, um, and so he's gonna be excited for this. I know as many others will be too. But with that being said, guys, thank you all for listening. This was a little bit longer than expected, but covered a lot of good stuff. Movies, busts, players never won rings. A lot of fun stuff here. We have some mock drafts on the way. Those will be our next couple episodes. But until then, guys, remember to be clutch. See ya. Peace.